good morning. Well, this morning we're starting a new series called Road Trip. And uh, many of you, as you get ready for summer, you're getting ready for a good road trip. And I think back as I've been thinking about you, praying for you, we're going to do a little two-part series this week and next week uh, called Road Trip Living in the Right Direction. And in January, many of you may were, may have been with us in January. Some of you, you may have just started coming over the uh, last few months or weeks. And we talked about our word for the year is grow and how we want to systematically help you see how you can continue to grow throughout 2021. And I think over the next two weeks, I'm going to give you something that I have found in my own life and as I've walked with people uh, that has been uh, impactful in helping us grow and live in the right direction. You know, when you think about a road trip, I want you to think about that. Think about some of you, you remember, I mean, you're thinking about a road, you're like windows down, you know, and your wind's blowing in your hair. You got your favorite playlist going. Some of you are like, nah, man, I don't got any hair. You're thinking, no, 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 I got to make sure this hair stays in place. It's too hot. Turn the AC up. I don't, you know, but whatever it is, you know, everyone loves a good road trip, but there's a couple of parts to a road trip. You got the planning part, like where are you going to go? Then you got to start, right? And you, you have the journey to get there. And then you arrive, the destination. And so today I want to talk about uh, the, the beginning, the planning, the, the setting out on this journey called life. And I want you to open up your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. We're going to get there in just a minute. And, you know, you think about the planning process. Sometimes if, if you know, you've already planned, some of you, you're like, yeah, I planned my uh, vacation, summer vacation, like 15 months ago. Some of you, those are you, okay? We see you. We know you. You already got it locked in. We're mad at you because there's no Airbnbs or hotels left because you already scheduled it. You know, they're booked up. Everyone's like, I couldn't go anywhere last year for COVID. I'm going somewhere for the whole summer, you know? And it's, you know, and so, you, you know, you're thinking about where do I go? And so you can lay awake at night planning your vacation. Like, I'm going to Google, you know, best place, best vacation uh, in 2021, you know. And so you think about this road trip, and, and a road trip is a lot like life. But then there's things that, that are different in life. Sometimes you have some challenges, and, and you think about when you're driving, you get a flat tire, you got some engine problems, you miss your exit. You know, how many of you directionally challenged? Don't raise your hand, okay? You know, if your spouse is nudging you, that's you. If you didn't realize you were directionally challenged, you're probably directionally challenged, okay? It's like, you know, thank goodness for Google and Waze, and they tell you where to go and when to exit, but, but sometimes you just kind of miss it, right? You missed the exit. You missed the sign. You didn't see it. I, I was I was kind of reminded of this actually. Last night we, we had uh, dinner with a couple uh, last night, and and Wendy and I uh, we were kind of we were at two different places, and so we met up. And I went and parked in one parking garage, but but Wendy parked in a different parking garage. I said, okay, well you know we have dinner, great conversation, good time, and then you know it's raining. So we get in my car because the parking garage I was at was closer to, 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 to my car. And so it's raining and I don't want Wendy to get wet. You know, I just got to take care of her, right? So we get in the car and we drive over to her parking garage. There was a problem when we got there. It wasn't there. 
I thought somebody stole your minivan. I mean, there's a high demand of minivans in McKinney, Texas, okay? I mean, there's, there's a whole ring. We've got officers in service today. We're going to let them know. I'm going to call the detectives and be like, somebody stole my wife's minivan. And then as we're looking around, I started noticing there's a plethora of signs, lots of them, multiple ones, that said resident parking only. Towing strictly enforced. Do not park here at all. Flashing signs. The guys with the signs that are trying to get you to buy homes and mattresses in there. Don't park here. So last night at 9.15, I was able to find out where the Collin County salvage yard is. To pick up my minivan. And it's dark and rainy. And I mean, they're children of God, but there were some people there that I was just <laughs> on the heightened alert. I was gonna call some of my officer friends in here to come with me. I mean, I'm not scared, but I just want to be prepared. So after a few hundred dollars later. I got my minivan back, and my wife said, babe, it was an honest mistake. I said, yes, but it was an expensive mistake. <laughs> you know, sometimes in life you can feel like, man, the signs are obvious. I see what's happening. But how did I end up here? This is not where I intended. And I want you to know that through God's word, he gives us a few signs to help us see the direction that we need to go, that, that we can live in the right direction and we don't have to just hope we end up where we want to be. We can actually intentionally end up there. What if I told you that there is a way, there is a, a path, okay, there, there is a path that you can take that can assure you, uh, this predictable path that you can take that will assure a secure and safe arrival at the destination that you want to end up at. You see, we all struggle with this. We, we all have this idea, this longing, this, this desire to end up at a certain place in, in our marriages and with our family and in work and in life as we start our new profession, as we step out into new ventures, as we receive promotions, as we pray about starting a new business, wherever it is, we have a, a desire, we have this picture of where we want to end up, but yet sometimes we don't seem to end up where we want to be. And we think, how did I get here? What happened? And unlike a road trip where the challenges in a road trip are a flat tire and, you know, missing your exit or engine trouble, the challenges in life are a little more painful. Challenges with a child or a health issue, loss of a loved one. It could be it could be challenges within work and business. It can be pain and, and friction and fracture within a marriage, whatever it may be. It's unexpected and it's far more painful. But as we look at Proverbs, I think the writer of Proverbs and theologians would say, I think there's a principle that we can live by, that, that we can operate in, that actually one whole book within the Bible is really directed towards this overarching 
principle and theme, and it's called wisdom. And many theologians would say that the book of Proverbs was written, and the context of Proverbs, so much of it is this overarching thought of wisdom. How does wisdom apply to our life? Now, if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, if, if, if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, there's a couple of things before we dive into Proverbs chapter 4 that I want to help you see and I want to set up. Because we don't have to live life just hoping we arrive. We don't have to live life trying to Google the best destination spot each and every year, trying to figure out what it is. You can actually live with intention and arrive where you want to be. And I think wisdom is one of the ways that we can do that. So this week and next, we're going to look, how does wisdom apply to our life? The book of Proverbs is not just a bunch of individual wisdom thoughts that stand alone. You see, the book of Proverbs, actually when you read it, there's aspects of poetry. There's parts of it that can seem like a puzzle. You're kind of like, well, he says this in one part, and then he says the, the, this in another part, but it seems to be about the same topic. Because how many know that in life, sometimes things change? And the ways in which you respond and the motives in which we have and how we respond change. And so Proverbs helps us understand what to do when. In fact, the wisdom in Proverbs oftentimes is described this way as sound judgment. Knowing how things really work. You read a lot and you'll, you'll read the word prudence. Which is knowing how things really are. Understanding how to do these things. And so there's all sorts of themes that the book of Proverbs talks about. There's knowing wisdom and knowing God. There's aspects of knowing your own heart. There's elements of understanding and recognizing the seasons of life like marriage or money or work. There's aspects of understanding the ultimate fruition of wisdom, which is Jesus himself. And how we live a life empowered by Jesus to, to be wise. Proverbs was written actually by three individuals. 29 of the chapters were written by King Solomon, who is said to be the wisest man in all the world. There was another man, chapter 30, there's a man named Augur. And then there was King Lemuel, who wrote chapter 31. So you have three different writers within this book giving wisdom and perspective on how to live life. Solomon writes... In Proverbs 4, we're going to pick up in verse 5, and I'm going to read it to you, about this principle that we can live by. And I think if we will live by this principle, then we can begin to not just hope that we end up where we want to be. We can actually end up where we actually long to be. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Now, Solomon is writing, remember, wisest man in all the world. Think about where he's getting this wisdom from. There's wisdom that he's lived out, the things that he's heard from his father, from the pain, the challenges, all of those different things. And then he says this, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. That's real profound. Where do I get wisdom? Go get wisdom. I remember hearing one pastor say, well, where do you, someone asked me, where do you get that? At the getting place. I'm like, well, can I, can I find that? Tell me where the getting place is at. Do they have a buy one, get one free deal? Because I need some wisdom. 
He says, get wisdom. And then, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. One translation says, actually, the wisest thing that you can do is get wisdom. So here's what Solomon is saying. The wisest man in all the world is saying, get wisdom at all costs. Value wisdom, obtaining wisdom. Get wisdom and understanding. Think about the time and the money you spend on things. Think about if you're like me, if I get something kind of dialed in and I'm like, I really want that. I mean, it's real hard for me to just back down. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm going after that. Then I want that, whatever it is. You think about what it is for you. And here's what the wisest man in all the world is saying. He said, I want you to think about that when it comes to wisdom and understanding. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Because when we begin to do this, we begin to live a life of intentionality and purpose. Making it, we become, we we get to the place where honestly we're able to navigate each season of life. And here's what, in fact, you think about what the words of the psalmist wrote in Psalms 90 verse 12. says, so teach us to number our days that you may get a heart of wisdom. You see, when you gain wisdom, you begin to make the most of every opportunity. You number your days. If you want to live a life that is significant, you recognize the importance of making the most of every opportunity. David wrote in Psalms 16:11, he said, "You make known to me the path of life." You see, there is a path that the Lord wants to put you on. There is a way in which he longs for you to live. You see, every destination has a path. Every destination has a path to get there. And we don't, end, we don't end up where we want to be. We end up where we're headed. I, I, I'll put it this way. Your direction, not your intention, will determine your destination. Now, think about intentions. We all have intentions, good intentions. I'm reminded of that every time I walk in my garage. Lots of good intentions sitting in my garage. Things I'm going to build, things I'm going to get rid of, things I need to clean up, things I know, whatever it is. Like the other day, we're cleaning stuff out. Finally, I'm like, babe, i got to get rid of all this stuff. She's like, fine, just put it out of your porch pickup. You know, it's like, just come get it. You want to sell it? No, then just come get it. Get it. Get it out of here. See, we all have intentions. Think about the things you've had intentions. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better in my health. I'm going to be more organized. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uh, be better with my finances. Whatever it may be, we all may have intentions. But your intentions will not determine your destination. It's your direction. You're intending to end up someplace, and you end up there because every destination has a path. And the problem and challenge is we end up at a place in life and we wonder, how did I get here? I didn't intend for this to happen. No, you didn't. But it was the direction you're facing. You see... If I get on Highway 75 and head north, it doesn't matter how much I intend to end up in Austin, Texas. Can I tell you something? I'm not going to end up in Austin, Texas. I can drive north on Highway 75 as far and as long as I can. I will not end up where I want to be. But there is a better way. And that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying. You see, this principle summed up is really simple. It's the principle of the path. And I love principles because here's the thing about principles. You don't have to fully understand them to apply them and start walking in them and for them to be effective. 
If you just simply take the principle of the path, this principle that Solomon is leading out right here, if you'll get wisdom at all costs, if you'll get understanding at all costs, if you'll live with wisdom, if you'll shift the direction that you're facing, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know every little thing, but here's what will happen. It will be effective, and you will arrive where you want to be. You see, why is this so important? Is because our choices matter. Our cho- every decision we make has an impact. And we've all made mistakes, some more painful than others, some with greater consequences than others. Your choices, you make your choices, but your choices make you. Plain and simple. And so when we look at our life and we evaluate and we wonder, why did I end up where I'm at? Why am I here? This is not where I want to be. We have to recognize the decisions of today become the path of your tomorrow. Because every path will bring you to a logical destination. You see, principles guide your life. They guide it. And that's my heart for you. But we live in a culture that promotes performance. So what happens is in a hurried state, we rush off in a direction we didn't intend to. We didn't realize that the destination was going to be what it was. But when you seek wisdom, you can safeguard yourself from arriving at a destination that you didn't want to arrive at. But it's seeking wisdom. It's living a life of wisdom. It's taking what the writer of Proverbs said and it's saying, well, how do I apply that to my So how do we do this? How do we utilize the principle of the path and live a life of wisdom? Because I, I, wa- I want to, over just in the next few minutes, I want to really kind of help you understand how do you apply wisdom to your life? How do you take this and live this out? How do you live in the right direction? Well, here's, here's the first thing I would encourage you to do. The first thing is this. You have to discover the power of principle. It's like I said, the nature of a principle is this. You don't have to know it all to apply it and for it to be effective. Just start moving in that direction. You see, in science, they would call a principle a law or a theory. Some of you remember Newton sitting under it, some say a tree, by a tree. And what did he see? He saw an apple fall from a tree. Comes up and then writes years later the theory of gravity. You see, we don't have a choice on whether gravity works or not. It will do what it's designed to do. If I go up in an airplane and I jump out of an airplane without a parachute, what is gravity going to do? Exactly. Real fast. Okay. There's only one logical destination I'm going to arrive at if that begins to happen. You see... What we have to recognize is this, is that laws, principles aren't invented, they're discovered. And you can either harness the principle of the path, or you can be harmed by it. And that's what begins to happen. We don't realize that we can harness this principle and live this out, and then we experience the pain. And we wonder, how did I end up here? What happened? And it could be someone else's fault, someone else's reasoning, the things that happened. But what we have to realize is that was the direction we were always headed. Those were the, that was the way in which we were headed, and so that is where we ended up. But the Bible gives us... Where the beginning of this all happens. Proverbs 9, 10 through 11. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many. And your years will be added to your life. See, Proverbs is more than an Old Testament book. It's a template in how we can live our life. 
And, and when we recognize that the most meaningful and rich aspect of these words is when we understand and recognize the working and the power of Jesus Christ. And when we read these words, we recognize it through the work and the power of Jesus Christ working in our life. That's what begins to happen. See, I was reminded of this principle the other day. I, I, was, I kind of had a little pain in my Achilles. I'm like, man, I mean, I know I'm 42. Man, maybe I'm getting old. What's going on? You know, no, nah, I ain't old. You ain't going to hold me down. You know, let's go. So I go to the chiropractor, you know. Go to the doctor and, and I'm telling Doc, I'm like, hey, I got a little problem in my Achilles. He's like, all right, well, let me see. And he's like, you know, you ever notice when you go to the doctor, you're like, I have pain here. And they're like, boom, let me squeeze that. And you're like, ah, okay, that hurts, right? So he squeezes it. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, that's a little inflamed. Probably shouldn't have squeezed that that hard. I'm sorry. He's like, all right, lie on your stomach, all right? So he's, he takes out this metal thing. It's like a torture device. He's I was like, what are you going to do with that? He's like, I'm going to scrape you. I'm scraping. That doesn't sound real good. He's like, I'm going to scrape your Achilles. So he takes this thing, and I'm laying down, and he's scraping my Achilles. And I'm like, Doc. He's like, you're, you're liking this too much, Doc. Slow down. And he's just scraping, scraping. He's like, does it feel better? I'm like, well, does what feel better? I mean, I don't know. This kind of hurts, you know. And so then he's like, okay, well, let me just. And so he starts working on my calf. He starts kind of like, you know, working out the muscle. And all of a sudden, he hits a spot in my calf. I tell you what, I about, I about flew off that table. I didn't know what happened. I, yeah, I probably yelled. I don't know if I screamed, but I yelled. Yeah, man, we don't scream. We yell, you know. I yelled. I don't know. Maybe I screamed. I don't know. You know, I yelled. And so I was like, oh, my God. I mean, what? he was like, oh, there it is. I was like, what is that? He's like, I don't know. You got a knot right there. I hadn't had any pain in my calf. Running, working out, doing all that stuff. The pain's been in my Achilles this whole time. And this is what he said. He said, I think the pain in your Achilles is actually a byproduct of what's in your calf. You see, principles help us really to find the source. What is the real root issue? The whole time I'm thinking I need to ice my Achilles, I need to rest my Achilles, when in reality, the problem is in my calf. You see, the things in our life, you're thinking the problem is one thing, when in reality, it's something completely different. Completely different. So we have to understand there's power in principle. And when we do, then this is what we need to do. We need to leverage the purpose of seeking and listening to wisdom. Now, I, I put seeking and listening. Because there's a lot of us sometimes that we seek wisdom. But we don't always listen. And if we want to apply wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is applied knowledge. Some of us have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, but right up, we, it never becomes wisdom because we don't apply it. But when we recognize the importance of leveraging listening and doing, seeking and listening, then what happens is we start applying that wisdom in our life. You see, there's three things that you can never get back. Three things. Words, missed opportunity, and time. And when we miss out on those things... Here's what we experience. We experience regret. But you don't have to live with regret when you seek wisdom. Proverbs 27, 12 says this. The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and they pay the penalty. You see, the Lord will help us see trouble coming before it comes. That's what happens when you live by the principle of the path and you're seeking and listening, listening to wisdom. What happened is God will give you wisdom on what to do and the courage to actually do it. The lie, though, is this, that experience is the best teacher. 
I don't know about you, but experience is not the best teacher. Experience is the most brutal teacher. See, because when you just live by experience, you get the test before you get the lesson. And more than likely, you're going to fail. That's what becomes challenging and hard. You see, I think there's a better way. You don't have to just simply experience. You can actually seek wisdom, listen, and apply. So where do we get that? Where do we start by seeking wisdom? First and foremost, right here. This word. This word. You see, when we begin to dive into the word, here's what God's word says. Psalms 119, 105. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, when I read that, though, that's challenging because I see a light for the path I need to head, that direction. And I've got a lamp for my feet. But there's a lot of darkness between me and there. And there could be, like, bears, cougars, mountain lions, spider, whatever you don't like, snakes. I don't zebras. Maybe you're afraid of zebras out there in the dark. You see, we like to know, okay, here's where I'm at. That's where I need to go. But we don't take... When you seek wisdom, first and foremost in God's word, what happens? It becomes a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. The challenging part, though, is this. You're not going to see more of the path until you take another step. So every step you take, you begin to see more along the way. But if you're like me... I want to know what's down that road because I need to prepare. I need to know what's going to happen. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. In reality, what that is, is fear. It's fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of not being in control. And so because of that, I hedge and I don't step out in faith. I don't look and find and discover God's word. You see, when I don't let God's word be the first place I go to seek wisdom, I learn by experience. And experience produces pain. And when there's pain and I've made mistakes, what begins to happen is this. I can experience guilt and I can experience shame. And when you think back to the garden, God said, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that. But what happened? Adam and Eve decided to experience something. And they not only experienced pain, they produced shame and guilt. The Bible says they actually then in turn hid. God never intended for you to experience guilt and shame and hiding. But when we live life moving in the direction of just experiencing it along the way, that's what we begin to experience. But that's not what God intended. His word will be your safeguard. But here's the second place that you can seek wisdom. It's others. God put others in your life to help you see and understand. You see, God's word and others do this. They give you clarity and confirmation to what you've been praying about and what you've been asking God to give you direction about. That comes when you begin to seek wisdom. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Multiple times in Proverbs, Proverbs eleven fourteen and Proverbs 15, 2, talks about there's protection, there's safety, there's victory in the counsel of many. When you begin to seek wisdom from others, going back to the situation with my leg, with my Achilles, I only discovered what was, what, what was going on. Because I asked someone that, w- that knew. 
I asked someone that could help me. I asked someone, and it wasn't until I opened up and I saw, I could have been like most of us men. I'm just going to tough it out. I'm be fine. That's how a lot of us live our life. I'm just going to tough it out. I'm not going to tell anyone about it. I was talking to an individual the other day. He's, uh, he, I mean, he's very athletic, very fit. He's in a, in a profession that's very demanding on his body. And I was like, hey, how are you going? He's like, man, it's good. You know, I was like, I broke my back. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, I didn't even realize. That. I was just kind of muscling out. And then I, it was hard getting up. And my wife was like, you need to go to the doctor. I was like, all right. It's like two days later. So he goes and he had broke his back. And he'd just been muscling through. You think about the long-term effect and damage that could have happened. He's like, man, I'm glad I listened to her. You know, I'm the, you know. But that's how we live our life. I'm just going to muscle it out. I'm just going to make it happen. I'm just going to do it. It's going to be fine. But when you seek wisdom from God's word and others, you begin to discover things otherwise you would not. And it becomes a safeguard for you. It's not the end all be all. Like I said, here's what happens though. You have to recognize this is not about not having challenges. You're going to have challenges in life. You're going to have difficult moments and difficult situations. There's going to be pain. This is not about not having challenges. This is about you can live life when you seek wisdom without regret. There's a difference. And when you begin to live that way and you seek wisdom, it becomes a safeguard from the pain of regret and the experience of sin or guilt or shame in your life, but only when we seek wisdom. So we need to seek it and listen to it. And then what we need to do, lastly, is this, is we need to prioritize taking steps in the direction of wisdom. Prioritize taking steps in the direction of wisdom. You see, there's a difference between a solution and a path. If someone comes to you and they say, I'm lost, hey, can you help me out? They don't need a solution. How did you get here? How do, da, da, da. You know what they need? They don't need a solution. They need a change of direction. You see, there's many times when we look in our life, there's things in our life that, yes, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to give you some perspective. But at the end of the day, what we really need is simply steps in the right direction. If you're at a point in your life and you're going, how did I end up here? How did this happen? What is going on? I'm not talking about experiences that come our way that were unexpected. The painful situations that you didn't ask for, the things that happened to you. I'm talking about you going, hey, this is where I want to be in my marriage. This is where I want to be with my children. This is where I want to be in my resources, my finances, and generosity. This is where I want to be in my business. Well, it's not your intention that's going to get you there. It's the direction you're facing. What direction are you headed? You see, there's a path that you can choose. And you can, you can begin to understand and evaluate the path that you're on by the people that you're walking with. Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You see, as you're looking at the direction you want to go, start evaluating who are the people that you're walking with. Are they moving in the direction that you want to go? Because at the end of the day, we're going to end up every destination has a logical path. And every path has a destination it's going to lead to. But the question is, are we going to arrive where we've wanted to be? It's wisdom that will be your guide. It's wisdom that will, ha that will help you. See, people don't accidentally get there, and people don't accidentally get out of there. When you end up at a place that you didn't want to be, you may be in that season now. 
You may be evaluating where you're at in life. You're recognizing there's some things in your marriage, in your family, in your life, uh, some things in, in the transition and season you're in as you're praying about next steps and you're going off into uh, starting a new business venture. Maybe you're starting your profession. Maybe you just transition from one thing to the next, where, whatever it may be. You begin to look and evaluate, am I moving in the direction that I want to go? It's wisdom that can guide you. I'm going to leave you with this, and I want to encourage you, because we don't have to just simply wonder and hope, am I going to arrive where I want to be? As you look and pray about decisions that you want to make and the direction you want to go, this would be my encouragement to you. As you begin to pray about and look at decisions you're going to make, ask yourself this overarching question. Based on my previous experience, good and bad, based on my current situation, based on all my future hopes and dreams, what's the wisest decision to make? What's the, not, what's the decision that feels the best? Not what's the decision that I like the most. Not, not what's the decision that seems right to me in the moment. Not what's the decision that seems like the best opportunity. No, 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 no. Based on your previous experience, good and bad. Based on your current situation. Based on all your future hopes and dreams. What's the wisest decision to make? You see, as Solomon wrote, wisdom can be your guide. You don't have to just hope you end up where you want to be. But the way that you'll ensure that you will, the predictable path that will help you end up to where you're wanting to go is the principle of the path and living a life of wisdom.